COVID vaccinations for no longer neutral. Black Lives Matter, whether it's a hash. Can't take it no longer. It's minority children that are suffering the most. Begin to have real conversations. No longer neutral. And I am Dr. Sharice Roper. And I am Dr. Michael Haygood. Welcome back, y'all. How we doing? Great. Yeah, yeah. Making it. Well, listen, our producer actually came up with our greatest topic ever, I think. I think this is a really good slam one. And y'all, you don't even know this one yet, but I think you're going to be really excited. Yeah. What am I walking into? We're walking into the conversation around, particularly for not just African Americans, but for anyone, but, but specifically for us, we're talking about the amount of degrees one needs to be able to sort of manifest a great life. Are the degrees that we're seeking replacing the trauma in our lives is more of an effective question, I think, is how it's poised. Mm-hmm. And the way it's poised is, you know, are we seeking all of these masters and doctorates and BAs with the actual target and a goal? Or are we seeking them for status where we're at the end of that, we're stuck in debt, we're stuck with all of this money we have to pay, but yet we think that has sort of put us on a, it hasn't filled our hearts, it hasn't replaced the trauma we've endured. So we're going out to get this status. Um, and, you know, obviously the, um, the tweet, I believe, that we're looking for is you know, more specific than that. But I think What's really impressive is talking about more... Well, let me read it. Let me read it. And the way it's written... Read that for me, Cherise. I know black women love getting another degree, but we cannot achieve our way out of trauma. And I think when we, you know, especially as a black woman... Often we do find that we are replacing um, or using things to get us by, right? Instead of dealing degrees and just in general, right? For those who aren't able to even seek, you know. Okay, so there you go, right? Right. So let's hear about that, Miss Ayana, Dr. Davis. So when you use the word numbness, did it also lift you though? Did it? Did it? Because the word really replace. No. It did not lift me um, because I have learned to learn to detach emotion and trauma with um, academic and intellectual achievement. Mm-hmm. So I can I can separate that part of me and focus on getting this greater, learning this new information. So it's kind of um, some people drink. Mm-hmm. I just go to school. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Is that where you find your most value with your accomplishments and I don't think I ever have found the most value in it. It was just literally easy for me to do. So it wasn't, I didn't value it. It was easy, easy out. It was an easy escape. And then you found your passion or was the passion already there? Mm, I, see, that's the thing. You, I didn't find the 
Mm. See, it's I a little different for me. Because I started I, mm-hmm. in education, it just kept going, and then I learned to love it. Right. And see, as, as educators, I don't want our listeners to ever think that we're saying as a group, don't go to school, don't go to school, don't get your degrees, because we're certainly not saying that. I think that what we're also saying, and for me, I'm saying that I don't think it ever replaced trauma for me. I used it for me, and you know, I'm not a black woman, but I'm certainly a black man, and I'm looking at the fact that it did lift me, though. I did find value in education. It did make me feel good, and I've always known that education was my well, lane. two different things. I did mm-hmm. find value in education. Mm-hmm. I didn't found, find value in using it as a mechanism to distract from the trauma. Correct. So, so maybe some people will work out, and they learn to work out so much or so well that they got, got into triathlons, and maybe they used it to... Mm-hmm. I use education because that's the easy thing for me to accomplish. I value education personally. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about completing a task, completing a task to numb myself from, from pain. Or that's, I think, the question that we're talking about, right? Right. And I would say I'm probably, if I think if I hear you correctly, I don't think that I use the education to numb I too felt feel like education or learning was easy, but I loved learning, right? Um, and I was one of those kids that loved to go to school. I didn't miss any days. I was always a perfect attendance kid, right? So I really enjoyed that. Um, I probably I have some other things that I used to numb myself from trauma that you know, and I did get some counseling around that. But join the group, but. Um, I do think, though, in some ways that I also used or thought education would provide a different level, though, of a I don't want to say I don't know if it's accomplishment, but it would help to get to next steps. That might be something that as as we're talking, because this is like we're just talking fresh right here. We just heard the you know topic and. I do often think that I felt like in the organization where I am that the next degree was going to help to get to the next level. For instance, you know, uh, my ex and I went through a, you know, big divorce and all of that right before I became an assistant principal and, and finished all of that work. Right. But that was because I felt like I needed to make sure that I could secure for my family. So that move wasn't necessarily one that I said I would have wanted to go into, but eventually did go there because I needed that to, for the security of what I thought for my family. Right. Um, the degree though, the doctorate I think was more for me. Um, in terms of being able to just really do s- big things that I wanted to do. So the first one was what I needed to do, what I had to do. Safety. Right. But the last one was about now I can really do something with a degree that can open some doors for things I want. Right. I think the, yeah, I, I you know, echo the same uh, sentiments that both of you have. The only difference I would add is if I looked back, and had a chance to go back, I don't think um, that I would have chose education. Weird as that sounds, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of my own mouth. Like, you know, passion is, I'm just passionate about education. I love the fact of learning. I, you know, I'm on a high when I'm in the classroom, or even when I'm in front of a, a, a workshop presenting. That's what I do best. But I know that that kind of talent and skill can lend itself over into other avenues. 
And I think I've never manifested that. So looking back, I knew that early I knew that teaching didn't pay much. I knew this career wouldn't was not going to put me in Bel Air. Right. Unless, you know, <laughs> unless some magical fantasy happened. But I also knew that it was something that I enjoyed. So looking back, would I choose the money or would I choose the happiness? And I guess here I am. So the happiness is what went out. But you know, um, looking back at sports broadcasting, and you know, I see myself on, I saw myself doing that at one point in my life. That's obviously much more lucrative than what I'm doing now if I had followed it all the way through. So the degrees for me, and I'm glad I went to school. I'm glad of, of what it actually did for me, but I do see the, the connection to, you know, using that to really fill yourself up in areas sure. that maybe you need a balance because other things may not have been so well, you know. I had that extra fear of not really having that protection of thinking about family at that time when I was young. You know, that was something that was out of my reach. That was something that I didn't think was ever going to happen. So, you know, that whole rainbow American picket fence life was out of my reach. So for me, you know, the military, doing education, doing those things that were reachable was actually what you said, Shanice, the next steps. Yes. There were logical steps to get me sort of started. Right. And so... I think what we're also saying to our listeners is when you take those first steps, when you're looking at what's next, really, really evaluate whether a degree is going to point you in the direction towards your goal. Because sometimes you're using it just to get a degree when it doesn't manifest into something when you finish school, but debt. Right, right, right. You know? Yes. Which for some becomes another area of trauma, right? Another area of trauma. Right. But aimlessly, um, I may would have thought if I had I not gone through certain things that would made me feel impulsive to run a school or go to school, and also when I was divorcing, mm-hmm. to promote because he did say you don't have to struggle, you can come back home. So he would help me, so I had to help myself. You know what I mean? Right, so right. Right, right, right. Well, is there anything else that you guys think, looking back at, looking at degrees that you would offer up to your own kids as advice? What I like about when Josh was fighting, you know, he took his time. Mm-hmm. And I wanted him to take his time to declare a major. You know, I wanted him to know what he really wanted to do. Who are you at this moment, at this age? Mm-hmm. What can't you see what you're good at? Yeah, it's hard to navigate that for young people because so many young people at this point, and this is much more of an opportunity for entrepreneurship with this society that we're in now. Everything from the pandemic is pointing to that, getting your own sort of funding source, making sure you have all these streamlines of income when you sleep and so forth. All that certainly is the right way to go, but I'm looking at a lot of young people that I have in my life that some are, you know, college-bound and some see that avenue as successful, and then you have some that want to do other things beyond music. And that's really tough because when you're dealing and 
trying to support young people who don't have that sort of degree future as far as college, you know, it pushes them into sometimes worlds where if the hustle ain't real, you're not going to make it, you know, mm-hmm. or fast, because you got to get on this quick track of social media really at this point to do anything that's outside of education. Right. It's a tough avenue and a tough lane. If you want to do makeup, I just, you know, saw this new show on Netflix, I'm a big Netflix watcher, and they have this new show on there where four of the top makeup artists are black, two male, two female, and they have these 10 contestants on there. Been watching it all week. It's a really good show, and it was pointing me to the fact of how did where did they go to school? Is what I started thinking. Did they go to school for makeup? And then I realized, no, this has just been their talent, and they've taken this talent now where these people have made this one girl on the show. She's five million followers, mm-hmm. you know, and so she's making major money just by doing makeup. So those kinds of avenues point to me that we don't necessarily have to go into a regular traditional four-year university to be able to make it. Right, right, right. You, know, you have to have drive. And I think that's in, in, in anything, though, yeah. you know, in, in this time, right? Um, whatever the field is that you decide you want to go into, whether it's, you know, involves academia or not, the drive has to be there. Like, you've got to really want to do whatever it is that you're doing so that keeps you going you know what I mean because that's when you feel I think the stress and stuff behind um, decisions that you've made if you feel like it's not going anywhere right because then you're like okay well what else can I do but if you it's going and you're like okay all right you know this is because I've seen um, folks that are a little bit younger than I that are doing almost like what you said, some amazing things and making some amazing, you know, accomplishments and money and financially secure um, in areas that I probably never would have thought of. You know what I'm saying? But because they are like, this is what I love to do. They've gotten that social media down. They've got likes. You know, I have a, a cousin who's, who does lashes and it, now, when, it, when I was first told, you know, she's doing eyelashes, I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> but she is. She's got her little parlor. She's got a, a good stream of people that are coming in regularly and talking about letting go of her day job to really. F- she got appointments. Because, yes, like way beyond. And. And exactly. So I'm just like, wow, she did that. But the hustle was real. Like she was not playing. So, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to my, you know, my church service mornings on the radio. And there was a pastor who was talking about that very thing. And that was, she was saying, use your talent. Yes. We look at particularly in education because we're so centered around nature versus nurture and the way in which children receive education and receive learning and looking at adaptive styles and right. all these different modalities and so forth. And with that in mind, God gives us something when we come to the planet. Yes. It's not just all experience from your parents. You know right. I, mean? I right. think we hover around being so disappointed and so um, counter-connected to looking at everything has to be no, it's no. Not. Some of the things you came to the planet with were just intrinsically yours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you know what those things are. You know, it's not right. all related to other experiences and trauma with other people. 
Right. So look at those things and try to take some some heed from that and follow your own bliss, you know? And the other thing I would add is be sure, be sure to do your own research. Don't just listen to other people, right? Because if she had listened, my cousin had listened to me, Hello. she might have thought, okay, Hello. well, I'm going to do something different, right? Because, right? you know... My cousin is educated and so on and so forth. But she did her research on the area that she was mostly, you know, interested in. What is it going to cost me? What do I need? You know, all of those kinds of things. And she looked at both sides of the the research, too. The stuff that was good and the stuff that wasn't so good. Because you got to know where the failures are coming to so that you know not to do that and do this or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you've got to give yourself both sides of the coin when you're doing that research and then just go for it. And, and do not second guess yourself. I think often, especially folks of color, we second guess ourselves, we sabotage ourselves, and we don't move forward because of those little fears. Yeah. Remove the fears and say, I'm going to go for it. And then the next thing you know, you, you are in it, right? Take so, the, take the leap. Right, take right. The leap. And talking about taking the leap, we're going to segue because most of what we've been talking about this morning has been on. Did you have anything else you wanted to share about that again? Before we segue, I wanted to uh, sort of um, remind us um, that we sort of had a minor homework um, over the weekend. Um, I was sort of watching this show called Untold. I mentioned it to you, Ayana, and I oh, yeah. think um, I had mentioned uh, to Sharice earlier about. Um, our topic earlier was talking about control and controlling your destiny and controlling where you work and controlling your gifts and controlling your talents and making sure you have some control on what you choose, right? Right. This show taught me about not being in control. What happens if you actually choose your career, but something gets in the way that is out of your control? So let me tell you this story. It's a story on Netflix, and they have about eight different episodes, and one of them is called Untold, and it's the true story of a, a young man who played for Notre Dame football. Monte, Monteo. It's like more than two episodes. I think it's two or three episodes. But yeah. And it's told really well. And it's told in the real time of what actually happened. Some of you may have remembered three or four years ago, Notre Dame had a really good football team. They were going to the championship. They were 12-0. And there was this young man who was a Heisman Trophy contender. His name was Monte now. He's a Samoan. Apparently he was catfished. And he was catfished by um, another Samoan, a transgender woman who went from male to female. But uh, this is in real time. So he was actually literally receiving the Heisman Trophy. No, no, no. I mean, when he was catfished, the, the, the person was not transgender. The person yet. was not transgendered oh, yet. Okay. And the person was transitioning. And so the person was calling him, actually, um, I don't want to give too much away because I'd love for you to see the show. But the person was actually speaking as if they were a woman. Mm-hmm. And fooling this young man into believing that it was a woman. And the man actually fell in love with this person. He says, his words, not mine. And over this maybe year or two years of courtship, the families knew about this young woman. The man knew, you know, the young man knew about this young woman. So obviously there was a pick that was used. And so it was all betrayal. It was all betrayal. He never saw in person in real life. And Mm -hmm. then the woman actually, because she was scared to say, this is who I am, faked her own death. And told the young man that she was dead. Now, the young man's grandmother had died the day before. The same day or the day before or something like that. And so, it was really traumatic. And this young man basically just almost ruined his career. So, my question to you, it did ruin his career because millions of dollars was lost. 
He actually um, because he couldn't absolutely. Perf- work or perform right. or whatever. This was during the time of the draft, and the draft was. And because when the news came out, people were skeptical, and recruiting had to be because of Columbines and everything in one direction. Absolutely. So he, you know, he, because they thought he was a part of it. So his part, like round one, round two of the draft, he couldn't go where he was projected. Right, because as soon as he became a Heisman Trophy contender, and Notre Dame was doing well. This story blew up because, of course, the sympathy of, of, of the United States was, mm-hmm. oh, my God, he lost his girlfriend and, <coughs> and, his, grandmother. and his grandmother in the same day. And so he became a legendary person at this school, and everybody was sort of on his side. But then it flipped when the story started coming out that this person wasn't even a real person. Mm-hmm. Then they accused him of being part of the hoax, and maybe he did this intentionally. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which is, he's gay, and he's covering it up. And right. Blah, 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 blah. All these assumptions. Right, I remember that. that. he wasn't even control of, mm-hmm. you know, something after the fact. And so I think the real question for us is how do you respond to, you know, things that are not in your control? You know, what, what do you do when you really have no control over a situation? Because clearly he did not. Never wanted to meet him. Oh, I'm, I, I don't know. My ex knew the back of my life. Well, it was always a reason why mm-hmm. you know, she would never let him meet um, her. And I know that you know, he was really strong, faith-based family. Very strong. Very strong, faith-based. And so did um, the other Renaya. You know, the, the yeah, other, and you know what the new news for- actually, you know, real touching and Very good friends. We went to high school. We went to USC together. And, you know, his mom, his ex-wife actually, you know, reached out to him. He was up here and he passed away. Very good dear friend of mine that I love tremendously. Come from a good, strong family. The two Yasapopos, yeah, from UCLA and USC. USC and UCLA and NFL and strong Banning high school. forgiveness to come for people because you know that's going to benefit them. But I knew he meant it when he said, you know, I want Renaya to be okay. I want... And yeah, you know, the one thing that the actual show did not speak on, and obviously, you know, most of us looking at this are, you know, oh my 
God, how could, could this happen to this young man? But I also want to point us to the causes sometime of how we get into these kind of situations and betrayal. Because if society was just much more accepting, you know, and there would be no reason for this catfish possibly to even have to happen. You know what I mean? And I always go back to it. I'm not forgiving what Renaya did. or And I know Renaya probably has a different name at this point and it escapes me, so forgive me. But respectfully, you know, I also want to look at why people actually do what they do. And I do have transgender loved ones who I care for. And this is a real topic for them. It's a real topic. When do you disclose to men that, you know, I'm not a quote-unquote natural-born woman. I'm not a biological woman. I'm, I'm a transgender woman. Because some transgender women don't choose to disclose on the first date. Well, so know, when do they? How, how difficult is that? And should they? And even if they do, what are the chances you're going to get a second date? All that is playing in the mindset of someone who already has a swimming pool of dating applicants that is probably a tub of water, a small bucket, as opposed to your swimming pool. So that swimming pool is not as large for straight heterosexual women. It's huge. But for transgender women, it's about a, a dip in the bucket. Yeah. Yes. Just that same Yes, yes, yes. And if you're like, okay, I'm thinking I don't know if I even like this person, maybe you don't do that on the first date. But when you get to that place where you're like, I'm, I might feel like I, you know, then you need to disclose. And that's like Ayana just said, it's anything, right? If I'm uh, married, if I'm dating or whatever, and it's supposed to be exclusive, and then here I am, you know. So, yeah, the integrity is, and you just, yeah, yeah. And I think the integrity is always lacking when there feels like there's some wool being pulled over someone's eyes, and I think that's an internal thing. But I do not, because I know a lot of transgender, um, I have some transgender friends, and I do know, um, and it's not, once again, not an excuse, but it always comes back to how unfair um, the cards are stacked against that population already. And so it doesn't mean you should go out and lie, no. But it does mean that you unfortunately are placed in a position where you have to be truthful and that may shorten your dating pool. But what are the obstacles, what are the, you know, what are the, the alternatives to get someone fooled or to get yourself killed or to get yourself beat up or to go ahead and be honest and then basically be, be dumped the very next day because the person's not interested, but yet you were honest. It's a hard navigational thing, I think, for transgender people to walk because once people know it's, you know, it's not similar to being gay. Yes, you know, some gay people can hide, but once you disclose, that's why I think the whole topic has a lot to do with the disclosure. Because a lot of gay people don't like telling, you know, at all either. When do well, you well, disclose? Well, what, what it has the, uh-huh. I can't remember what made Renaya create that account. Because I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is a, 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 a,
Lonely, loneliness. Loneliness. She wasn't no. Monte wasn't the only person that she was catching. She was just wanting to have company and talking online. She didn't. She never assumed she was going to meet anyone. She wanted to only have conversation, and actually, because she had already been talking to other guys online, and that's all it was. And for a lot of catfishers, that's what they want. They want the conversation to fill up the trauma that is going on in their life to fill it up because they feel so empty and lonely and so forth. So she was using that as a way to just have some. And through the internet. Yeah, through Layla. Through Layla. So there's... Lene. Lene. was the... So there's two issues happening, right? Mm-hmm. So one is around the idea of being honest and, and having that integrity Absolutely. about who you are. And then the other is the trauma of loneliness, right? So what causes... Or what can you do... Which kind of goes back to the first topic, right? What can you do... Um, to deal with the trauma that you're experiencing in a positive way, Correct. right? So she's out there catfishing a whole bunch of folks, right? So we don't know how their lives were affected either. We right. just know about, um, you know, right, the one we have right, because he was a well-known person, right? right? And things, and he's out there and everything. So, you know, you just have to be thinking about, I think, just I don't know. There's always this thing that I think about lately more so than I used to is like, what, what am I putting out? Because I know that what I put out is what I get back. So if I'm putting out something that really is not of good, right. In some way it's then I'm going to receive back, you know, those things that, you know, it's kind of like that boomerang It's going to boomerang back. Right. Right. Law of attraction and all of that. So, you know, it didn't go well, but it sounds like, you know, at this point, it's a little, people have learned. Yeah, and people have healed. That's why I was really yeah. shocked at his way of, you know, being able to forgive so readily. And that's who he was. Mm-hmm. If you saw the show, he was a consistently faithful, very in touch with who he was the entire way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never steered from that. The fact that he was able to hold his tongue. At all of these conference meetings, I mean, if you watch the show, it's yeah. amazing that he was being interviewed about all these things, and he really was in it. Like he mm-hmm. really cared about this person that had fallen in love, and then you know, it dropped in his face. Yes, yes. It was very, very, very. Yes, it was the wreckage of someone's life. Right. And the way in which he healed actually brought it back together. Right. So I think wrapping this sort of segment and even the first one uh, segment up, we've come to some conclusions around looking at honesty, mm-hmm. integrity, and control of our own lives, looking at our destinies, and basically going after what we want with some integrity. Yes. Absolutely. All right, you guys. We've had a great after, a yes, great time with you. Yeah. And remember to like, like subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. Yes, no longer neutral no wherever. Longer you can see us.